Welcome to another episode of the Midwife Podcast. Um, this is Sophia Sherman, and Rinya Camber wasn't able to make it today, but we have an amazing show for you today. Um, we have Barbara Belcourt. She's a CPM um, who lives in Illinois, in Chicago. We're going to talk about some of the politics uh, around midwifery in Illinois today. So stay tuned. Barbara is president of the Illinois Council of CPMs, and she's also the president of the Illinois chapter for the National CPM Council. Is it the council? Yeah. Um, she's been certified since 2010, and she has a private practice called Matry Midwifery. Um, Illinois currently does not offer licenses, so she's a licensed midwife in Wisconsin. She has two kids, and... Um, one was born at home and one was born in the hospital and we can maybe talk a little bit more about, you know, who you are and, um, you know, your educational training that's going to come up as, as we get into the interview. So let's welcome on Barb to our show. We're really looking forward to talking with you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited too. Yeah. So let's get started with talking about what's been your journey to midwifery and what was, what was your first birth like? Okay. Well, um, I I feel like my journey to midwifery started when I had uh, kind of a, a traumatic start to my first pregnancy, and um, I remember having just a really hard time getting a hold of any uh, hospital providers who could see me right away. Um, and when I finally was able to to get seen, it was it happened to be a, a midwifery group out of a local hospital. And they were able to see me within 24 hours. And I remember just sitting on the bed in the, the, the clinic room and just like sobbing because I just was convinced that something was very wrong. And the, the midwife who came in to see me uh, just immediately kind of came in. She saw my face. She gave me a hug. She sat down next to me and said, we're going to get to the bottom of this. And immediately, I, without even ever having attended a birth... Um, or even seeing one on on video or anything, I was like, this is the coolest job ever. Maybe I want to do this. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I'd been um, working in the field of education. I was a teacher, and uh, I, I did teacher in-services um, and uh, and worked, you know, in the teaching department at uh, National Geographic for a time. So I had, like, a very different background, mm-hmm. but... It's still just um, really immediately I was interested and intrigued in, in what midwifery involved. So it wasn't a surprise to me when I took my childbirth education classes that um, I immediately got hooked to everything that, that was taught to me. And um, even my instructor uh, was so taken by how how interested I was in the topic that she pulled me aside after maybe two classes of eight <laughs> and said, hey, you know, have you ever thought about getting into birth work? Uh, I'd love to have somebody help me out and, you know, teach wow. classes for me when, I, um, when I'm not available uh, or I need to call off for my own uh, doula work. Would you like to, to get involved? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh my gosh, are you kidding? That would be amazing. And then she said, well, when you had your baby, I want you to get back in touch with me. And um, so I, I, uh, I progressed with my pregnancy, uh, had kind of a crazy long and intense labor with my first child in the hospital, um, but still was so drawn in by the whole experience and how excited I was about everything that I... Uh, I did. I contacted her immediately, and she um, told me about a program that she was starting uh, in the in the Midwest called the Midwest Maternal Child Institute, which was 
like an educational program for um, for up and coming midwives. And I thought that's that's crazy, but sure. So um, she also suggested I, I certify as a doula so that I had some birth experience under my belt before I really got into midwifery work. Mm-hmm. And so I did that, and I went through um, I went through a training program with two labor. Uh, which at the time was called Alice, but it's a it's a, a nationally recognized doula certification program. That's so funny. They're actually somewhat the inspiration to this podcast because I loved listening to their podcast. Oh I yeah, still do. And so I was like, well, I think we need one about midwives. Yes. So just a little side note. Yes. Well, and I think that that inspired part of what's going on here. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean that's really good to hear because I really feel like then my training, my doula training, was another like just step in the direction of this is exactly what I want to do. Mm-hmm. It was really inspiring and wonderful to meet so many other people that were um, as excited about birth as I was. Um, we really got into the nitty gritty of things, and I was so excited. Um, and because with my first pregnancy, uh, if it weren't for some you know fears with the the some some preg- some complications I'd had in pregnancy, we'd wanted a home birth. Um, I made sure that my first couple of births included as many home births as I could as I could get. I was just like all over the place saying, "Hey, free doula for anybody who's given a home birth," and um, was able to attend two two home births in my first just handful of doula births. And I mean, it transformed my entire life. I was just like, this is it. This is why I want to do this midwifery training program. This is going to be amazing. I want to do with these amazing people are doing and kind of the rest is history. I, um, I was in midwifery school, um, for, you know, the next little over two years. Uh, I, I dual enrolled at the, the Midwest Maternal Child Institute and the National College of Midwifery, um, because I really wanted that meek accreditation, but I was, uh, able to, to meet all the requirements and do so while pregnant with my second child, which was always amazing to me, but I, I was a really good, um, like, I, I was a, a good, uh, a practice dummy for, I guess, my <laughs> midwifery student, uh, classmates who just loved the fact that they could do all of their <laughs> practicing, um, on, on the pregnant belly that was right there in the room with them. Um, and it was, it was really kind of great because I felt like for the first you know, year and a half of my son's life, he kind of had 14 other moms who all, you know, we passed him around during classes and he was just, you know, raised with a bunch of women who completely supported home birth and, and, um, and natural birth and breastfeeding. And they all just were so like supportive of everything. And he just grew into like the fattest, happiest toddler ever. Um, so, you know, ultimately I, I, uh, I also, was able to attend, you know, a, a number of births as, uh, as, as an apprentice in, in the state. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there was never a point during my apprenticeship that I thought, what am I doing? This is crazy. It just really felt right. And I think that that's, mm-hmm. that was the first time in my life I really felt like this is right. And having gone through teacher training, having gone through, uh, getting my, um, bachelor's degree in anthropology. Those were fascinating subjects and I absolutely loved them, but there was never anything that felt quite as right. Mm -hmm. And and in retrospect, my current uh, students will tell me how they think that both anthropology and education really kind of helped me become the midwife that I am anyway. So I always think of it as like part of the pathway. (laughs) What do you think about midwifery feels so right? Like, what what parts of it did it, you know, yeah. kind of call out in you that were like, oh, yes? Well, I mean, I think that a, p- a big piece of it was the caretaking aspect of it, that um, the caretaking was huge for me. And I think that that's, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to become a teacher is that I wanted to be there to um, to see people grow and develop and become new people. So, you know, you can imagine that, um, you know, with education, you're watching these students grow and develop and and all the cool things that you just get to see them go through. But then it's the same thing with pregnancy and motherhood, right? And just kind of developing into that that pregnant person that becomes a parent. 
and the family that goes along with it, regardless of whether it's your first or your 15th baby, like it's just like, it doesn't matter. It's just always this transformative experience. And I love kind of seeing that and nurturing that. But the other big piece of it, and I think that this is almost more important um, because it's less personal. Like the first part I'll say is pretty selfish, right? It's like, I want to watch them become really cool people and awesome, awesome parents. But then the other piece of it um, is a little more selfless in the sense that um, with all things, I really believe in, in a person's right to choose and a person's autonomous ability to make the choices for their themselves, their health care. And um, what I was seeing, especially as a doula and hearing, you know, when you hear stories from women who tell their stories of birth, the grand majority of them are not these beautiful transformative stories. You know, they're stories of feeling like they were told what to do, that they were forced into a situation, believing that they were, um, that they or their babies were, were in, in a risky near death situation and hearing more of the story, not necessarily feeling like, is it that it's possible that, 80% of babies um, were on, you know, death's door when they were born. So um, really it came down to um, informed consent for me, that I was seeing too many pregnant people in a place where they didn't believe they had a choice. Too many pregnant people feel like um, when they made autonomous choices about their health care, mm -hmm. that they were shamed or threatened by either healthcare providers or family members. And, um, you know, the, the, I just hate how much like Child Protective Services and Department of Child and Family Services is thrown around to anyone who's making a choice outside of um, the first thing that comes out of their doctor's mouth. And while I don't see doctors as the enemy by any means, and I really feel like doctors are a really key piece to healthy birth, um, I also believe that uh, a lot of just Eastern medicine versus Western medicine, I see in a lot of Western medicine, the um, kind of a trend towards uh, you show up for your doctor's appointment and you're told what to do and then you do it. And um, I learned through my education that there's always for every choice you make some pros, some cons, and most likely alternatives. And that most pregnant individuals are not given all of their options. And so for me, it was just a place where I felt like as both a doula and a midwife, I wanted to be there to be able to help pregnant families understand all of the good, all of the bad, mm -hmm. and what their alternatives might be. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, it just kind of progressed from there where even in the, the, the midwifery patients and clients that I work with today, it's really important to me for them to make the decisions that mm -hmm. um, that that uh, that that lead their pregnancy, you know, to fruition, to birth, to mm -hmm. postpartum. Mm -hmm. They make the decisions. I just tell them what I recommend. I tell them what research says. I tell them um, if they if they have alternative choices, mm -hmm. um, and then that you know the choice ultimately is theirs. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, that's not to say that I don't let them know if choices may, in fact, be more risky, that some choices may be more risky than others. I think that we all have to acknowledge that those happen. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I tell all of my clients that, you know, but this birth is yours. This, this pregnancy is yours. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't want you to feel like you can't express your concern or discomfort with something that's going on. Mm -hmm. Because that mm -hmm. will just put you in a place where you're not you don't feel like you can be completely honest with me mm -hmm. as your care provider. And then I can't be the best care provider mm -hmm. that I can be for you. Mm -hmm. If I don't know the whole story, mm -hmm. then I don't know mm -hmm. what I can do for you. Mm -hmm. That will be in you and baby's best interest. Yeah. Well, what's coming to mind as you're talking is our conversation earlier before we started recording about kind of the autonomy of midwifery in the state mm -hmm. and how so many things you're trying to give to mothers, midwives aren't receiving from kind of, from the powers that be yes. <laughs> and maybe we could talk a little bit about about that experience of like what is the legal situation of midwives in in Illinois you've yes. done a lot of work around that and what are some of the ways that you know you could we could envision or you could you're working to vision mm -hmm. um you know the midwives being midwifed by the state yes. or by the doctors or by having that supportive 
in a relationship and what are, I don't know. Yeah. That's a, that's a big long spiel, yeah, but, but you can jump in wherever you want nicely. with that. Well, um, you know, at, at the current moment, certified professional midwives are not licensed in the state of Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, which means that any certified professional midwife who chooses to practice in the state um, is uh, is at risk of prosecution um, for practicing medicine without a license. Um, that means that you know something as simple as taking a blood pressure could could potentially send any certified professional midwife in front of a judge, um, which wow. of course makes it very <laughs> frightening um, in some respects um, to to practice in this state. And so many, many midwives choose not to practice in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, most of our surrounding Midwestern states do uh, license midwives. In fact, there are 33 states in the United States that recognize and license midwives and several others who um, don't require licensure for practice. Mm-hmm. But um, many midwives that are that, that reside in Illinois will um, find that they want to be licensed in the state, the, the nearest bordering state um, that gives them, you know, it, that does give them some some legal um, work opportunities <laughs> um, because if they they know that any midwife that chooses to work in the state is putting herself at risk. So, I mean, th- that's, that's kind of a problem, I think, in general because um, there are roughly a thousand families in the state of Illinois that choose to um, have their babies at home every year um, regardless of licensure. And they are going to do so either way. I don't think that um, the grand majority of, of people who want to have home births are discouraged by the legal status of CPMs. Um, and there are um, a handful of certified nurse midwife practices and up until recently um, doctors who, um, who did attend home births um, with licenses, um, which is great, but they certainly don't meet the needs of that many families. Um, they can meet the needs of roughly half of the state's uh, home birth families, but the other half of the state will need to seek either uh, birthing alone or birthing with an underground midwife in order to have um, care. Um, so that obviously puts moms and babies in Illinois at some level of risk. Um, the you know the irony of this is that certified professional midwives are the only uh, healthcare provider whose training uh, and certification requires uh, the majority of their experience to take place out of hospital. So essentially, they are the gold standard for home birth care, uh, but the state chooses not to recognize them. And uh, the fight has gone on for over 30 years to try and get licenses back. We did have licenses in the 70s, but um, they were um, they were revoked, and uh, and then uh, the uh, then you know we've we've been fighting to to regain those licenses, um, and the fight will go on. We introduce uh, a bill in legislation um, as frequently as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, we've had lots of support from uh, the Illinois. Uh, ACOG, Illinois Certified Nurse Midwives, uh, to try and, and, and help us get a bill and help us write a bill that um, both meets uh, the, the, the really, um, you know, strict standards of what they want home birth to look like, um, but yet the, um, the legislation and the, um, the, America, the Illinois uh, Medical Society is, uh, is still as they put it, uh, fundamentally against the idea of home birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess our point is the, whether you are fundamentally against it or fundamentally for it, it doesn't matter. It's happening. And we need to make sure that the families who, um, who choose home birth have safe options. Um, and if there are only some, you know, between six and seven active licensed practices in the state, they can't keep up with the need. Um, so this is why we really, we were fighting so hard, um, to get licensure in our state with the support of a lot of great physicians, with the support of a lot of great pediatricians, a lot of great midwives. Mm -hmm. But, um, overall we find that it's not 
our supporters that are the problem. It's kind of the powers that be um, mm -hmm. in Springfield mm -hmm. that seem to object. Um, and so, you know, again, we just continue to fight and fight and fight. And um, that's pretty much, you where, know, the story. Where do you think their fear of home birth is rooted? Like, what are the things, maybe what are the things they say and what are the things that they really mean? Okay, well, I think that the, the number one um, problem is, is the lack of knowledge of what home birth is. Because most doctors and most nurse midwives um, who are birth attendants in hospitals um, will never have had any home birth experience, any birth center experience, any out-of-hospital experience before they start attending births. So their entire experience is with um, a population that is very hospital-based, which includes a population of people who may very, many of whom may um, risk out-of-home birth entirely. Um, in um, certified professional midwifery education, we are trained very directly in how to screen um, certain individuals out of home birth uh, for risk factors. Mm -hmm. And so there is a, a, you know, a certain percentage of the population whose risk factors make them not really a safe, uh, make home birth not a safe option for them. Uh, too many risks of complications, too many concerns for mom or baby, too many concerns for, um, for negative outcomes, um, should we not have the right resources. Uh, but uh, there are still quite a few um, People, in fact, uh, the majority of people, uh, when screened appropriately, um, if they screen into a low-risk category, can have wonderful home births. Um, and also just the, the, the lack of understanding that uh, certified professional midwives uh, are trained uh, quite also directly in, in how to manage the types of emergencies that might happen at home. And, uh, you know, there's always unforeseen things that happen in all types of health care. Um, and so midwives being trained in how to, to screen for uh, situations that might require transfers to hospitals, even in labor, mm -hmm. postpartum, mm -hmm. uh, situations that might require some intervention, but some intervention and, and, uh, and, and you know, some of the most immediate intervention is... Um, is actually part of our training. And uh, by knowing how to manage um, some of these minor interventions, uh, minor emergencies, uh, we are able to make home birth safe. We are able to keep a family safe at home. Um, and th that's the, the beauty of legislation. It's why the majority of CPMs in our state are comfortable and um, support the idea of, of licensure and legislation because we want access to things like life-saving medicines, uh, oxygen. Uh, we want to be required to take neonatal resuscitation. I mean, it's all, these are all things that are part of our training and part of our, the requirements for, con for continuing to keep your certification um, active for a certified professional midwife. Um, but we want we want the state to acknowledge it so we can access these things, accessing, you know, current CPR uh, certification and, um, you know, and other, other trainings that, that we want not only access to, but we want to be able to actively use to save people's lives um, if needed or just, um, you know, be there to screen people to a point where we know, you know, now is not the right time to be home. Um, versus now is, you know, think this is actually within the range of perfectly normal, so you can stay home. Mm -hmm. um, having that, that background um, is really important, and it, it does continue to make home birth safe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, could you tell us about the legislation? Well, it's not a legislation. You're talking, there's a resolution, resolution that yeah. you're working on right now. Yes. So you said that you've been bringing forth um, legislation pretty regularly for yes. for many years, and it's been blocked, and there's been a lot of tension around um, that proposed legislation. And so now you're working on a resolution. Yes. Um, can you tell us about that? Yes. Um, how that's going. So we are very excited because as of last year, um, and does we mean a group of CPMs? Yes. Like well, when I say we, I'm referring to like at least the Illinois Council of CPMs. Mm -hmm. um, as a president, I can speak for them. I, I don't. I don't want to speak for anybody. Uh, anybody I don't represent, but I represent them today. <laughs> um, and uh, we, as a as a council, are very excited to um, 
to uh, have uh, introduced the bill last year um, to the Senate um, and uh, the Illinois Senate um, with the support of of, uh, uh, Senator Iris Martinez, who is um, very, very well known. And she is, you know, she's been an Illinois legislator for many, many years, and she is very wise. And she is, and, and I think that um, healthcare and in particular, you know, moms and babies are very, very important to her. And um, she saw our bill and was just immediately on board. And we, um, I mean, I, we couldn't be more proud to have such an incredible powerhouse mm-hmm. as our chief sponsor in the Senate. Mm-hmm. And um, we are, uh, you know, this year we have a fresh bill ready to introduce when she's ready to introduce it. Um, But we also have discussed a resolution, which is um, more along the lines of a um, a request, um, like a legal request, for um, all parties who are affected by our bill, which includes people who support it and people who don't, Mm -hmm. to sit down together and um, use current uh, information, current research, uh, and create... A, essentially a resolution, a bill that that all parties can agree upon. And it, while it, it, we can't always guarantee that that's going to be the outcome, um, it does give us, uh, you know, a great opportunity to sit down and discuss the concerns of the uh, medical society mm-hmm. and how we can address those individually and hopefully come up with, um, you know, a, a bill that both parties can agree on. Um this we've done this many years ago. We we made this attempt, but I do feel like with such enthusiasm in the Senate about our bill that this would probably be our best, you know, our best chance at doing this very thing. And we're excited mm-hmm. and hopeful that it will take us the next step towards mm-hmm. um, towards legislation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is when is it looking like that bill is going to be worked on? And is there ways that you know maybe listeners could get involved if they're interested in? You know, supporting that bill. All right. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, the uh, we the, we the bill will be introduced. Uh, I think that that, uh, that uh, Senator Martinez is interested in getting the resolution filed first. So um, I can't speak to exactly when she's going to introduce the bill. But um, you know, once the resolution is well in place, we'll make a decision. If the resolution looks like it's going well, great. If it looks like it's uh, it's that the resolution is is running into some roadblocks, she'll probably just introduce the bill as is mm-hmm. and just say, okay, well, if you don't want to work on a bill with us here, we already wrote one. Mm-hmm. Um, but for anybody who's more interested in, in learning more and helping support um, any efforts for resolution for the bill, for supporting midwives in your state, uh, um, uh, you can join the Illinois Friends of Midwives, which mm-hmm. uh, you can find, they have a web page, they have a Facebook page. Um, and uh, contacting uh, them uh, uh, independently to uh, to find out ways that you, as a consumer of home birth, or just a um, you know a, a person who wants to support the rights of medical autonomy in the state of Illinois, you really believe that people have the right to make their own choices for their own bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, then you will learn uh, through the, the the Illinois Friends of Midwives page mm-hmm. great ways that you can get involved. Great ways that you can um, that you can can uh, support financially, physically, or um, even just, you know, sometimes as simple as clicking a button and putting your ad, your, your information down and and, um, and just getting more involved, visiting your legislator, finding out who your legislators are uh, through their, their group. Uh, that's our consumer support group, and they have been monumental mm-hmm. in getting the word out about what our bill means. Mm-hmm. Um, because if it was just a bunch of midwives saying, hey, give us jobs, then it would seem like it would be kind of a pointless bill. But mm-hmm. the reality is that um, a thousand families a year need midwives. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then after 30 years, that's a lot of families. It's thirty thousand families mm-hmm. that have benefited from midwives, and um, and many of them um, having to to experience what it means to have a midwife who is very trained and skilled at what she does, but knowing that um, you know that that their their interactions with other medical providers might be less than mm-hmm. positive because they're working with that midwife, mm-hmm. they definitely want to mm-hmm. see things change. Mm-hmm. They want to see 
They want to see a place where midwives and doctors can work hand in hand to make birth more more um, more available and safe, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's kind of our goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are there ways specifically that out of state midwives? Could or out of state birth workers could be involved if our listeners maybe aren't from? Oh, absolutely. From here. I mean, it's still it's still very oh. beneficial to join the Illinois Friends of Midwives because, they, like as I said, they they send out um, you know they send out uh, 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 statements all the time about ways that you can help, mm-hmm. ways that you can contribute, yeah. ways that you can. Um, I mean, we we of course because we don't have uh, current. Um, current licensure. We sometimes need to get families and midwives and um, other supporters from out of state to come and speak to our legislators and let them know what does it look like in a state that's that's friendly to midwives. What does it look like um, for doctors who've had good experiences working with midwives, mm-hmm. um, families who have wonderful birth stories to talk about, even families who had something scary happen and because their midwife and their doctor could collaborate in a different way, in a more um, functional and, and a friendly way, how their their birth experience was so much different than somebody who might be experiencing the same mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. the state of Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, it, it is from other states and other support people that um, this can be, you know, this can be, you know, your way to contribute to changes here. Um, we take an active role in helping with legislation in states that are pushing their own bills mm-hmm. and get very excited and love to to um find ways through social media and other routes to to really um you know throw ourselves behind our sister midwives and our um you know our sister states who are dealing with challenges Mm -hmm. and seeing them succeed just makes us feel um positive uh, in one respect because we're like well if they can do it maybe we can do it but then (laughs) on the flip side wait a minute, Illinois, what's going on here? Like, are you saying that you're not quite as progressive as some of these other states? Like, we we live in a state that loves to call itself progressive. But why is this one thing something that you're holding on to? This one, you know, by, by not by not um, acknowledging and, in essence, making um, home birth more, more accessible to moms on a budget, moms with Medicaid, and, uh, you know, and just moms across the state in, in, in areas that don't have midwifery services right now, mm-hmm. the way to make it accessible, the way to make birth safe, the way to save mothers and babies mm-hmm. is to acknowledge and open your minds up. And I think that is kind of the key to people from other states mm-hmm. contributing to mm-hmm. our benefit. And how legalization um, and of you know CPMs here in the state would allow transfers to be smoother exactly. and to be safer for moms and as you were saying you know more continue education requirements you know more you know support for um, you know good training and mm-hmm. um, which would lead to even safer outcomes absolutely for home births you know you know people might be choosing to free birth if there if there's not a legal way to have a midwife there or absolutely so it's really supporting those those options yeah. could you tell us some stories about how transfers go at this point of, you know, things that you've maybe heard about. Sure. What the, what the state of, of that transfer experience is at right now in Illinois. And I think that that, I mean, that's that the reason that that is, is so incredibly relevant is that, um, as in my early, um, midwifery experience, I actually worked, um, with, uh, uh, several practices of midwives that were licensed practices, that were practices of nurse midwives, practices of doctors, um, that uh, had licenses, were essentially legal in this state, performing legal home births, and um, as an apprentice in those practices or as a um, as a assistant, a midwife in those practices, oftentimes it was my job to transfer in with clients um, who needed care in the hospital. Um, Long labors, um, you know, maybe unreassuring heart tones. Um, you know, mom may make uh, the choice to go in on her own, or in some cases, you know, the midwife really did feel like a, a mom and baby were were safer in a different environment. And even in transfers with with clients who were working with licensed legal professionals, the hostility we would encounter in the 
um, transfer process was evident. Uh, because while uh, many of these midwives um, might even have a doctor that was uh, a doctor they might have collaborated with, we're looking at going to the hospital closest to the mom, which may not be that hospital. Illinois is a big state. Only one doctor at one point was willing to collaborate with these nurse midwives. So transferring in, we'd run into hostility. Uh, we'd run into questions about the care that they were that they were receiving. We we'd uh, we would um, you know have uh, pediatricians storming in and, and insisting upon giving new babies um, uh, antiretrovirals for unknown uh, HIV status without asking, "Hey, have you had an HIV test in your pregnancy?" Um, and just making making great and grave assumptions that women who are choosing out of hospital births are choosing care that doesn't meet the the standards of the safe standards of practice that Illinois calls for. Um, not understanding that midwives, licensed and unlicensed, in many cases, are are following standards of practice that are keeping these moms safe. So not saying, hey, can I see your records? I'd like to see what's done. Okay, well, I see that there are some things missing. Let's fill in some gaps. Or, um, wow, these records are great. Like, this is terrific. Versus assuming that they have no records. Assuming that out-of-hospital birth means unassisted care. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And Yes, collaborating with doctors can make things safer. When you, when you, the transfers, when you transfer into a doctor who has seen the patient or who has, has knowledge of the patient through the midwife or simply is um, very just open and, and um, uh, understands and respects midwifery care, mm -hmm. uh, you can walk in and say, here, here's her records. What do you think? And those doctors... Um, take a look at the records, and they're like, yeah, it looks like everything went fine until just now. I'm glad you brought her here. And I feel like that's what is different between home birth in Illinois and even home birth in Wisconsin, where I'm licensed in Wisconsin. Um, if I walk through the door to an emergency room and say, this patient ran into some complications, here are her records, what, what, you know, what can you do for her? The doctor will take the records and immediately say, wow, I'm glad you came here. In Wisconsin, doctors are so uh, ingrained into the home birth experience mm -hmm. that most doctors will see that, okay, this is a situation where I'm glad you brought her here. Good. Like, this is what makes home birth safe. It makes it safe because you can walk into those hospitals, hand over some records, tap, talk to the doctor about why you thought this was a good place to be, and get the doctor's feedback. And then the two of you can work collaboratively on the continuing care of this client. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the state of Illinois, particularly with certified professional midwives, um, walking into a hospital with, uh, with your, your client can be um, you know, a legal sentence. So it's, um, it's, it, it doesn't make it safer. Mm -hmm. It makes it less safe. And the hostility that doctors have, even towards the legal home births, is making those less safer as well. Um, where hostility and, um, and, and feeling like this, uh, treating, treating the individual who walks through your doors like they made a mistake instead of looking at their care and trying to improve the outcomes mm -hmm. needs to be the priority, and it isn't. So legal home birth would be a home birth headed by a CNM? In the state of Illinois. In the state of Illinois, that's... Okay. A CNM or a, a physician. physician. And then the recent changes to CNM laws... Um, which we are very excited about because we love our CNMs and we are so happy for them that recent legislation um, has given experienced CNMs mm -hmm. um, the ability to work autonomously without a physician. So oh, again, Illinois can be progressive. It's, it's a, a huge step. step. <laughs> it's huge. And we are so excited for our, our CNM sisters mm -hmm. that they are now being respected with that level of, of autonomy. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. newer CNMs or CNMs without a certain number of birth experiences behind their belt, they do need a collaborating doctor. But the more experienced CNMs now can work on their own without having a physician mm -hmm. looking over their shoulder. Um, essentially, the state said, hey, look at that midwives know what they're doing. <laughs> Let's let them do their job. And that is a wonderful thing. Now, we just need them to acknowledge that there are other midwives who also know how to do their jobs, who are exclusively trained in this job. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they also deserve mm -hmm. that respect and that 
um, acknowledgement. What's the relationship like between the CNMs and CPMs here in Illinois? Um, you know, it's it for the most part, um, I find it very good. Um, I find that we have a lot of really good support um, at the top of mm-hmm. you know the the nurse midwives. Um, who are kind of in the Illinois chapter of the ACNM. We have a number of really good supporters in that in, in that area. Um, as with, I think, many states, there can be some, you know, some concern over, um, you know, there are, you know, I've certainly run into to disagreements over education and, and, um, and, which education is better, and I wish that we could just bypass that as opposed to looking at, well, you know, this is better than this, and just look at them as two routes to um, to, um, to good prenatal care and good antepartum care and good intrapartum care. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, and if we could just see that, um, then I think that any of the, like, the rumblings behind the scenes would slow down a little bit. But I think for the most part, you know, I, mm-hmm. I have a number of, of you know, I, I was, was, uh, was uh, I apprenticed with a number of very amazing nurse midwives in this state and got a chance to see what they were all about. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really cool to, to learn different things from different practices, um, the same way that I, I was able to apprentice with a group of doctors uh, and uh, see them in action and see some of the amazing things that they can do. And while all of them are very different, they all had wonderful things that I could learn from mm-hmm. um, to, to become the best midwife I felt like I could be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we all have so much we can learn from each other, and the key to that is working together so that we can learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that to, to say that because a, a, uh, any, any medical provider who has a very different training um, is better or worse, I think um, has, there's a lot to be desired if we just sit and focus on who's better and who's worse, and a lot more that we can gain from learning how your training is different and how I can benefit from collaborating with you. Mm-hmm. And the same with you. My training was different. How can you benefit from collaborating with me? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do see a lot of the newer midwifery, nurse midwifery practices, um, taking CPMs as apprentices, not so much, not apprentices, but assistants, mm-hmm. because of the CNMs who haven't attended much home birth want somebody who knows a lot about home birth by their side while this is going on. And I love seeing that. too. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. But, but I mean, it, that's kind of the way it goes. I mean, in fact, um, you know, the, the, this is this is. I think it's a good approach to say, okay, look at that. Like, I'm bringing you on because the state doesn't want to acknowledge you, but I have so much I can learn from you. And that's the sad part, right? Is that we have so much we can learn from each other. And to say that because my job and your job came from different trainings, that mine is definitely better or yours is definitely better. Um, I think leaves a lot to be desired. We, mm. If we all learn from each other and accept that we are all professionals that have been trained and all of the trainings, CPM, CNM, and MD have uh, OB, OBGYNs, all have, um, they all have education that has been accredited by the United States Department of Education. It, they acknowledge all of us. Mm-hmm. And to say that the state can just be like, well, the U.S. Department of Education acknowledges you, but we don't feel like it, <laughs> is kind of silly. Um, mm-hmm. More than silly, what it does is it is it's putting you know families in a place where they have to make choices. Um, and as you said, in some cases, because CPMs in particular um, cannot advertise their services because they cannot be open about their services, um, they are uh, they they. The, there are families who don't even know that that's an option for them. They don't know that they can find a midwife if they if they sought one out. They don't have a nurse midwife or a doctor that's willing to attend home births within 100 miles of their home. Um, and so they're making the choice to do a little self-study and, and hope for the best in an unassisted birth at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I totally support every person's choice to birth the way that they want. Um, I don't want people to have to birth a certain way because they don't have those choices. I don't want people to feel like they have to birth alone or have a plan C-section because there was nothing in between. 
Um, I want them to know that there are choices in between. And as long as they're educated and feel like they've made the right choice, they can choose anything that they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think we'll end on one last question today. And I just, I want to hear what you have to say to young prospective midwives or young midwives. And yes. Yeah. What wisdom do you have to pass on to us starting out on this journey? All right. And, and young midwives in the sense that they're starting out on the journey because yes. I've had, uh, <laughs> I have a lot of good friends who, um, who figured out much later in life yes. that they wanted to become midwives. I myself wasn't even in midwifery school until I was uh, in my thirties. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it does seem to find people at all stages all of life. All stages of life. And, and I, I love, love that it. about this yes. career. Like, I love it that is. Part. It's one of those things that, like, who knows where people come from. You know, yeah. there are midwives who used to be, uh, used to be uh, you know, CPAs. And there are midwives who, um, who used to be teachers. And midwives who used to be nannies. And there are midwives who used to be um, stay-at-home moms. And there are midwives who've been... Um, who, you know, there's certainly a lot of, um, what I, what I love seeing is that there are, you know, not necessarily in Illinois, but there in, in other States, I see a lot of CNMs who choose to go and get their, their CPM because they do want to do home births and they feel like because they weren't given opportunities to really get, um, involved in home birth, they want, they want that training. They want to see how it's different. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so cool. Um, but at the same time, um, for young midwives, for newer midwives, for people who are looking into, you know, so you want to be a midwife? Well, the first thing is go for it. Like, I think that there are not enough midwives to serve the population. There just aren't. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's a wonderful thing. I think that, um, you have the chance to change the world, um, you know, really, it's like midwives, there's a, a, a phrase, uh, a catchphrase, midwives um, are changing the world one birth at a time. And I really believe it, that even in cases where women need um, high, um, you know, high-risk care, uh, a lot of them um, are still choosing to see midwives for cooperative care because they, they want the nurturing and the care that comes with midwifery, even if they know that in the end they need that high-risk doctor to be there. They might want a midwife there to hold their hand and, and talk them through what's ex what they're experiencing. Um, you really need to, I mean, I encourage you to expand your experience globally, um, particularly if you have opportunities um, to practice in different environments with different populations. Um, I think that that's great. Um, I think that we have a lot to learn from each other. I think that much like I said earlier, we, there's so many cool things you can learn from other populations and go into your experiences with that approach. I think one of the challenges that I have faced with some students and, and fellow midwives is, you know, doing, um, you know, midwifery in other countries as though you are going there to save the world. You're not. You're there to learn. You're there to find out what it's like to birth in another country um, with different policies, uh, different standards, different structures, and learn from that and learn from those people and learn from the midwives and doctors in other cultures. Um, go there and, and, and go with an open mind to learn and absorb, um, to understand other cultures and how sometimes our style of birthing in America may be not what's right for people in other countries. So always do that with your, with your mind open. Um, don't go with the savior complex, go with an open mind to learn. Um, I'm super excited to start working with, um, you know, a, a, a midwife, um, who's, who's worked with a number of indigenous populations. Um, and she's seeking out her CPM, which I think is wonderful. And I'm super excited to learn from her. I, I, I keep telling her this. She's like, I can't wait to start working with you. And I was like, I can't wait to learn from you. Like you may not have your CPM, but you have so much experience I don't have. And that doesn't mean anything other than, wow, like I want to learn from you. I want to learn from you, regardless of your student status. You've been doing this longer than I have. I want to hear about it. I want to learn all the cool things that you have to learn. And we can work with each other and learn from each other. So, um, you know, I get very excited about that. So keep your mind open to opportunities. Um, always be respectful of the people that you work with. Study the... Um, 
the uh, you know study other cultures if you're going to work with them, um, and and just be open to uh, to just about anything in your midwifery experience. Uh, and I think that you're going to go really really far. Uh, I, I think that. Um, that and and you know I can also finish with like the, those birth workers of color. Please join our ranks. There's just not nearly enough birth workers of color, and um, and uh, I think that you know the that the the birth community in general would do um, do well to start opening and welcoming and encouraging um, more birth workers of color um, so that uh, uh, that pregnant people of color feel like they are being serviced um, the way that they best deserve to be. Mm -hmm. So um, really kind of looking forward to seeing the future. Um, and I feel like licensure is just one step in the, the way towards having, um, having options out there for families of all different structures mm -hmm. uh, and backgrounds uh, and giving them like the best care that we can. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> thank you so much, Barbara. Yeah, thank uh, you. This has been, I've been enthralled this whole interview. And <laughs> I just, it makes me want to, you know, dig back more into your history of Illinois and look at what's, what's going on here. Yeah. So thank you for sharing, you know, the journey that you've been on. SCPMs here in the state. Oh yeah, and the, I think that you know that, like I said, the Illinois Friends of Midwives page has a lot of great information on the history of, of Illinois midwifery, and um, and so there's just there's a lot to be learned from our past, mm -hmm. and hopefully our present, so that we can kind of go into the future. Yeah, looking up. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you for speaking with us. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs>